Let's get scratching. We got an explosive broadcast coming to you. Listen up. Sega games, just keep playing them. Sega! We're back. It's the Sega Bit Swing Report Show. Get ready for Sega interviews and news with George and Barry. Choose your track. Arctic Circle. Choose your boat and the torpedo. Hello and welcome to episode number 82 of the Segbit Swing and Report Show. I'm Barry. George is not joining us this week, but who is joining us this week is Brian Silva. And um, you may know Brian from Accolade, Visual Concepts, Post Linear, Midway, Q Entertainment, Blizzard Entertainment, Specular Interactive, where he served as a game designer, creative director, voice actor. Uh, Brian, did I miss anything? I think you got too much. Okay, <laughs> let's trim it down then. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it, it's a spectacular resume. A lot of games that I just, from my childhood, that I just loved. And some that I want to talk about too that uh, never saw the light of day. But um, before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, I have been, let's see, making games, oh boy, since... Uh, 16-bit days, the days of pixels. That's how I got started um, doing uh, pixel art uh, backgrounds mainly, and uh, it all kind of kind of went from there. Um, loved games growing up. First first system was Pong. Saved up all my money, bought it, and uh, spent way too much time playing uh, playing that game. Uh, and it all just snowballed from there. And then, uh, you know, look, here, here I am today. <laughs> uh, a, long, a long road. Yeah, most definitely. Um, going uh, before your game development days, what sort of games and entertainment did you enjoy while you were growing up? Um, oh, boy. Uh, well, I mean, just, you know, the, the usual. Nothing too unconventional. Uh, 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 movies, science fiction, action. Yeah adventure uh uh you know uh, science fiction uh literature um uh, comedy tv you know i, I was uh, i loved it's pretty pretty much a, wi- a wide range but but the usual stuff nothing I, I i don't think really anything unusual um just a just a regular guy yeah <laughs> nice yeah. i mean so would you say it, it sounds like you were really um you didn't mention many video games, so would you say that a lot of your uh, game work was inspired by a lot of, I guess, um, non-game uh, pieces of entertainment from your past? Like you, for example, you mentioned comedies, and I definitely see that in sure. your work. Oh, I would think so. I mean, it, it's any creative endeavor is inspired by by more than just its its source. I would think, um, but yeah, certainly games. I mean, I've, I like like I said. I've, been playing games since the, the very first day uh, games were made available um and never looked back um but yeah comedy uh and, and not just current comedy i've got a soft spot for classic comedy um uh three stooges evan costello marx brothers uh laurel and hardy yeah uh, etc I mean, definitely a lot of timeless stuff. I mean, I, I was a yeah. child of the 80s, uh, grew up in the early 80s. And even then, you know, stuff like Three Stooges, my dad turned me on to the Marx Brothers with his VHS library. So it's, um, I mean, it, it's timeless stuff and it's definitely influential stuff, uh, especially in your work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was something that you, I mean, really, as far as like, the classic comedies are concerned, that was just something that, I mean, back in the, like, the, uh, the 80s, there were there was no obviously there was no uh, no online no 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 readily available internet and uh, you you got what you got on on your 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 basic uh, three channels or if you were lucky enough to have cable back at that time but um, it was mostly like, before school after school I mean they would show the Three Stooges they would show Looney Tunes and and you 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 know you you're lucky enough to 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 have something like that I think. Can you can, can you pinpoint a moment when you knew you wanted to work in the games industry? Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure if I if I have one 
um, one moment specifically, but I do recall, um, gosh, probably when I was probably around eight, eight years old or so, I would, I started making, um, game design documents at that point, uh, with illustrations and, um, uh, play mechanics and storylines. And I, I, I think that's probably the earliest recollection I have of, um, being interested in, in, in the development of games. Right. And for people listening, game design documents, those, I've read a few of them. Um, they're not incredibly technical. I mean, it's not as though you're going to hear how a console works or how, how the games developed from the back end. Um, that's right. To, yeah. How, how yeah, would you a technical design document? Yeah. Yes. Um, a, a game design document can be, can be, well, I mean, there's, there's no real rule as to what a game design document has to be. Um, but the, you know, as far as my experience is concerned, it's, it's a lot of um, uh, basic, basic premise um, characters, play mechanics, um, um, basic structure of, of the game, how it plays, what are the rules of the game? Um, and it also can in, include um, art concepts, um, character design, hmm. uh, even dialogue, if, if that's appropriate. Yeah, I actually I wanted to talk about one of your early works. Uh, what, what was it like to work with Accolade during the peak of the console wars, producing cross-platform games like Bubsy? Oh, uh, it was exciting. Um, that was my very first um, game company, and so it was. Um, it was, it was really amazing to, to be involved in something like that. It's still sort of a, a pioneering day of, of, of games. Um, they were just really starting to um, kind of break break out um, at that point. I mean, th th this was post-game crash, and it was on an upswing at that point when I, when I started working for Accolade. Mm. Um, and uh, it, was, it was just amazing. It was a really, really interesting time, um, but I didn't know anything, and uh, I learned a lot. Um, and a lot of uh, through through the help of, of, of people around me, and just trial and error, of course, which is yeah. the best learning experience, I think. So you you did sprite and background work for the both Bubsy games, but on the sequel, you were right. involved in the game design. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, um, it was really funny. The um, the uh, I remember the the first kickoff meeting for. Uh, Bubsy 2 uh, was was held at um, one of the developers' houses in San Jose. And uh, we all just kind of sat around and, and powwowed and, and, and talked about games that we liked and, and um, what we liked about those games, what we didn't like about those games, you know, what was going to be the, uh, the uh, basic premise of, of the sequel um, to Bubsy. And um, I, th I think I came up with the, uh, the Amazatorium idea the at least the name i think i came up with the name um and uh and then there i mean there's so many creative people on that project like really really smart smart creative people and good artists and uh uh everyone had really everyone was really funny too mm. people that make games are, are usually i mean they're usually really creative and, and 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 funny on top of it all so that was that was one of the uh i think one of the most enjoyable aspects of of it still is making yeah. games. Um, I mean, I don't know if I don't know how much time you spent in in like development studios, but uh, it's 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 really casual and it's it's usually a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I've spoken I've spoken to a lot of game developers in the past, so yeah, I, I definitely get that vibe. I know as a as a kid who owned a Genesis and I saw the Bubbly, Bubsy games, I, I felt like there was this. Um, great emphasis on not just the games and you even see it on the, I believe the, the packaging talking about the cartoon series really kind of expanding it beyond just a game. Was that a major mentality at Accolade at the time, or was that more of some kind of, um, you know, a secondary thing with the marketing team? Um, initially, I don't think it was, I think, I think the, I wasn't there for the beginning of Bubsy, so I can't really speak to that, but, but at the point that I had joined, um, production it, it was still it was still game focused um and uh it was meant to be um a competitor with with all the other 16-bit mascot games of the time um, and there were there were so many um, yes 
it, it was uh, it was like the uh, back back then it was like the uh, the shooters of of today the the first person shooters of today yeah uh but um you know it it, it was uh i think after it gained it, it it gathered a little success retail wise and um um publicly that's when the uh the secondary uh phase kicked in with the 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 other marketing opportunities the cartoon and and merchandise and things like that um but but again i was low level guy yeah at the time and i wasn't really involved in that and um it was a just a a lowly developer (laughs) well but with the sequel you definitely had a greater role were there any lessons you had learned um from the first bubsy game that you applied to the sequel well i mean really the first bubsy game i i i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know what was going on it was my my first game and I mean, there were no, there were no, there was, there was no college courses you could take to learn how to make a game at the time. It was, you, you did it on your own. And, and I was doing it prior to, to working. There was, I was, um, you know, like I, like I said earlier, I would just make my own game design documents. And then I started learning how to do, um, 2d art and it, it's all self-taught back then. But today, I mean, man, you, you can go and you can, you can take a, you can, get a full course in, in, in university. It's, it's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just trying to absorb as much as I could on the first project and, and learn as much as I could. And, um, and then, you know, the second, the second project, you know, it was, I was lucky enough to, um, still be involved with, with those people. And they, they allowed me to, you know, express opinion and, and, and offer up ideas. And, uh, that's, you know, I just, I basically just, just st- stood, stood back and, and, and tried to learn from, from people who know a lot more than I did. Are there any notable, um, developers that you remember working with that really influenced you? Oh yeah. I mean, there, the, there are a number of, of developers from, I mean, the, the just the, the initial development team from, from Bubsy, um, uh, programmer Beckett Cladney and, uh, uh, and uh, Mike, um, Mike, um, there was a, a Mike Mick, Mick Mike. We called him. <laughs> he, he was he was uh, he was a really fantastic artist on on the project. And um, John Skeel was a producer who hired me on uh, to accolade initially, um, which was unconventional. I think the, the the route I went to to get involved in that studio was was pretty unusual at the time. I I I, uh, I got in via uh voiceover work and i happen to have a um an art portfolio and uh and i showed it to them and they they hired me as a as an artist through through that so that was that was that was kind of a a backdoor entry into um game game development so who knows yeah who knows what would happen if i if i didn't um get the voice job first that's interesting i, I want to talk a little bit more about your voice acting but i did want to ask um, between the SNES and the Genesis, did you have a preference when it came to developing games, or t- did these platforms really um, dictate how you designed the games, depending on which one it was for? Well, let's see. I didn't really have a, a preference so much, and they're both they're both really really great systems at the time. Um, the SNES certainly had. And it was a little easier art-wise because you had a, a larger color palette to work with um, and another uh, layer of um, of scrolling to um, to operate with as well. Uh, so you kind of had to bend the rules a little bit for the Genesis or you had to kind of dictate your super nintendo development toward the genesis so if you were doing a multi-platform it was like yeah okay we need to make this work on the genesis and um that's that's kind of going to be the 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 key platform and which makes the the super nintendo um transition much easier as opposed to going the opposite direction if you use everything available on the super nintendo then you had to um edit and you had to reduce things to, to make it. And so if you, if you're under a time constraint, you usually had to 
um, lean more towards a, um, a Sega Genesis development, which which was fine. I mean, it was still very powerful, very very cool, and and the tools to developing games on both platforms were the same. It was just um, capabilities were slightly better right. um, on Super Nintendo, and the audio was was better, obviously, on Super Nintendo as well. Hmm. But but I mean, really, they were they were so close. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I tried to tell the Nintendo fans, but. Yeah, I mean the SNES. Well, that's okay. Uh, I mean, pe- people love what they love. Yeah. Why can't um, we love everything? Yeah. <laughs> it's all great. Yeah. It's all great. Uh, how did your voice acting work come about, and um, how did you land the role of Bubsy? You did voice Bubsy, correct? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. I mean, so I it's my one of my proudest moments. Voice acting um, listings no, are always, you know, you never know. So I just had to ask. That's true. Yeah. No, I did. I did do the original. Um, uh, one-liners for, for, for Bubsy, uh, the first Bubsy. Um, I did not do it on the second one. I, I left that production about halfway through and started working for visual concepts. Hmm. Um, but uh, how did I get started? Well, um, actually, I started, I started out doing voices um, on a morning radio show in uh, Sacramento and uh, a couple of radio shows at that time. And... Um, then I saw, and I was also, I was still a really avid gamer at the time, and I would read all the magazines. And I think in, gosh, I can't remember which magazine it was, like, maybe uh, Game Pro. Gosh, it might have been Game Pro um, or EGM. I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyways, there was an ad in it um, for uh, voice work or for, for a voiceover um job for accolade and it, it happened to be bubsy and i don't think they said they don't think they stated oh gosh maybe they did say it say at the time what character it was it was going to be for but anyway i i'm i got together a demo tape and i sent it to them a demo tape uh <laughs> uh which dates which dates the uh the uh the timeline um and i sent it in and they were interested and so they called me called me back to do a to do a live audition and i i got the job and then um uh a few a few weeks later i showed them the uh my art portfolio and it, it all just kind of took off from there wow that's amazing so yeah i mean it's really unusual yeah i i don't think i've ever heard someone entering game development in that way <laughs> oh no i don't think i have either um, can you recall the last time you did the Bubsy voice? And I'm not asking you to do it. I'm just asking oh, yeah. if you can recall. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, the last time I probably did the Bubsy voice was when I was at Visual Concepts. So a long time ago. <laughs> was many there any, years ago. Yeah, was there I don't any, think I can't even do huh? it anymore. I, I forget what he sounds like. Was there can pitch module? Well, it was like, what could possibly go wrong? Like that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. It just, it's, it's got a funny sound because of the, um, the processing through this, through the, um, the games at the time, everything was so compressed. Oh, of course. But no, it's all my voice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then I, and actually funny, funny thing is the, um, then the, then the cartoon came along and I, um, uh, I, I had to audition for that to do the voice of the character that I actually created the voice <laughs> for. Um, so they, I went, I actually went to, um, Hollywood to to audition in a studio and uh I did not get the job <laughs> I wasn't good enough um it you went know, to Rob, Rob Paulson who is pretty good yeah uh so it, it kind of reminds me of, with that reminds me of the Yogi Bear movie where the the at the time the voice of Yogi Bear had to audition and he lost it to um what was it Dan Aykroyd I believe oh yeah and then they told him to come back to do some uh, additional lines and he did it. And they said, that sounds too much like Yogi. Can you do Dan Aykroyd doing Yogi? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like, I think, I think Jay Moore did something like that as well. He did like the voice for Buddy Hackett in a, as Buddy Hackett in a movie. I think he out Buddy Hackett, Buddy, Buddy Hackett at the time. It's like some parrot movie. Oh, okay. Pauly. I think it might've been called. Yeah. Pauly. And I think Buddy Hackett auditioned for it with his voice and then jay moore got it by doing buddy hack but yeah anyway that's bizarre yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so you served as a project lead for um congo the secret of zinge and this was unreleased correct for the genesis oh, and- oh yes yes Another, um, one of my one of my my mini um 
uh, tragic uh, uh, gaming stories. Oh, <laughs> if you want to discuss a little bit, I was just wondering, was this your first major lead, uh, lead game, game that you took the lead on, I should say? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was actually. Hmm. And how did working on a licensed game differ from past projects? Uh, this one wasn't bad. It was, it was, it was not bad at all. Um, I've heard horror stories working working with licensed products and having to deal with the uh, the uh, the owner the studio that actually owns the product but this was okay um we actually got to go on on set of of the of the the congo lot which was cool and um that was really really fun uh but the project was an interesting project it it went through two variations the the first one uh, I was lead artist. I was lead artist on that one and um, had a different uh, designer and a different project lead. And um, it didn't, it, 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 it changed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say that. I'll just say, I'll just say that it was that, that, that design was, was scrapped um, well into the project. And so we scrambled to come up with a new um, design that could be completed in a very short amount of time. We basically had uh, four months to create uh, a game for uh, the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis with um, myself, two other artists, and two programmers. And that's a that's a pretty tall order um and i think the the game i mean the game is out there i think there's like a there's a someone actually found a rom for it and put it online and you can go to youtube and i think there's some terrible videos of the of the <laughs> game uh it was um it was a lot of sleepless nights a lot of sleeping at work a lot of thank god i wasn't married at the time um mm. hours uh, put in and uh, I mean four four months to make make anything is is crazy and we decided we were going to try to do it and we actually did it. I mean we finished the game. Um, unfortunately, it was you know it was all first pass stuff and it was it was so super hard and really um, it needed a, a lot of uh, attention after the fact but there were there was no time left and um and that was it and so it, the, the whole thing was eventually canceled um but i mean pretty pretty cool to be able to do something like that in that short amount of time it, you know it, it could have been okay if we had a little more time to to work on it but yeah these things yeah happen. that's unfortunate i mean I, I guess like you said it is an accomplishment to have it completed in such a short amount would you say you learned a lot of lessons from that project though yeah i learned never to do that again <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, I guess uh, just another question about that. Was it a, um, was it the story of the game or was it some sort of prequel or side story? Do you remember? You know, it, it was, it was never the, the, the actual movie was never, um, movie, a, a, a plot of the, either one of the versions, variations of the game. The first variation was, was actually some sort of a, uh, gosh, how to explain it. It was kind of like a, uh, like an isometric shooter, sort of like you know, three like a like a three quarter perspective scrolling play field yeah. shooter, like zombies ate my neighbor and uh, that kind of a of a look, um, which was which it was always so so weird because there were the the enemies were just jungle animals and it it it, it felt odd to basically. Uh, <laughs> Be, be slaughtering uh, just and jungle animals, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. See, it, 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 I don't, and then it all kind of led up to the to the fight with the gorillas. But there was really it was really hard to stretch that into a to a full game, and, and it had it had its problems. But the the, the variation, the second variation was um, um, a bunch of mini games, um, loosely based on the characters and scenarios from the movie um actually more so than the the first version of the game and uh and some of them were were really cool um one of them was we had like this this automatic uh, like an auto runner like an endless runner which might have been one of the very first ones um we had 
like a shooter, like a like a T2 style 16-bit shooter in there, a few versions of that. Um, some some scrolling levels to to like escape the uh, the temple at the end of the movie, and um, I mean it, it was kind of loosely based on the whole plot, I guess. Now that I'm thinking about it, hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was it was really interesting. Um, you know, we 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 had to think pretty hard about how how we could pull this off in the short amount of time and what kind of repeat you know repetitive gameplay we can put in there. Um, so. If if you're interested, it's 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 out there somewhere. I've I've looked into playing it, but I wanted to hear from you before I actually checked it out. <laughs> I did watch some yeah. videos though. Um, yeah. it, it's tough. It's 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 a really tough tough game. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wanted to also talk about another visual concepts project. Um, one that uh, at at the time you were there it went unreleased, but it was released years later. I'm talking about Floygen Brothers. Right. Um, how did the creation of this concept come about? Um. That was brought about through um, myself and um, another developer, a friend of mine, uh, back at Visual Concepts, uh, named Eric Browning. Um, and uh, we both just really liked that timeline and that era and that um, that style of of, of of comedy. You know, talk talking about the classic. Three Stooges style slapstick comedy, and we were also big fans of uh, Max Fleischer and uh, Popeye cartoons and Betty Boop and that that sort of thing. And we decided, why not? Let's let's kind of make a game based on on those things. It hadn't been done yet, and uh, that's that's where we started. So, what what system was it intended for? It was intended for uh, the the uh, PS1 the or the PSX at the time I guess. Mm. Was there ever consideration for the Saturn or no? Oh, I don't I don't think so. I don't think I don't think it was ever I don't think the Saturn was around when we first started creating the game. Right. It may have been eventually, but I don't I don't recall that that was ever a, cons- uh, a topic of conversation. Interesting. Um so you have you have a several actually uh, design documents, um, characters, uh, descriptions on your website. Um, just in reading through them, uh, I, I was surprised to see that you actually had twenty four possible episodes listed. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not too ambitious. No, I think that's yeah. Would these have been yeah. individual games released at like a lower price point, or were you intending to do a game with several episodes? Oh, I think it was all intended to be in one game. Wow. Um, I mean, gosh, back back at the time, it was uh, th- there was there was no DLC, there was no in-app purchasing. It was it was basically you 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 paid for one game and you got everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, the initial uh, idea for the game was just it, and and the the characters. I mean, the, the the game that finally came out is vastly different from the the idea that Eric and I uh, originally had. Um, the name is is essentially the same, and the the, the two main characters' names, Hoigel and Moigel, are the same names. But even their design uh, changed quite a bit. Um, uh, Hoigel started out as the the tall, skinny brother, and, and Moigel was the short, fat one. And I think in the the final game, Moigel is the tall, heavy. He's still fat, and then the the Hoigel is the he's he's. I think he's shorter. He's a little short guy in the in the final game. But anyways, yeah, all those episodes. It was based on. It was supposed to be based on a series of like like crazy Three Stooges. But every 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 Three Stooges episode, they had a different job, right? Right. Um, and they were always trying to get rich. It was there was always some some big scheme, and um, they were they were woefully uh, un, un unqualified for any of these jobs. And that was. That was really the idea behind the whole game, where these guys would get take random jobs and like they would be plumbers in um, a submarine, maybe. <laughs> and uh, and they, each episode would have a a, a wacky uh, like classic name, like that 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 one would be called like um, Twenty Thousand Leaks Under the Sea. I think is is what that name the name yeah yeah hilarious name right yeah Yeah. hilarious uh so they're all very very pun based but but by the end of that episode 
they would have destroyed the the submarine and it would have sunk to the bottom of the sea. Interesting. So every, everything unravels by what was supposed to unravel by the end of each episode. They, you could play them in any any order you wanted. That was that was the idea. So what would have been the basic gameplay? Because I know in in the final product you only control one brother, and it's more of like a the other one almost acts like a virtual pet with mini games and points. None yeah. of that was in your your concept. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It was supposed to be a. Um, it could be single player or multiplayer. So in multiplayer, um, each player would 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 one one would play Hoygo, one would play Moigel. Um and then you would go about doing whatever your job was that you were supposed to do. Um, and there, of course, there was a lot of uh, of uh, obstacles in the way, and you could goof off and, and smack each other around and and, and break everything and. Um, you know, in, in that that sort of direction, uh, very very stooges, where they just were were always out out outgunned. Um, <laughs> and then for single single player, it was I think the idea was there, the the two main characters were still playable in the game. One would one would follow along, I think, or you could you could toggle between the two players, and maybe even um, use use them to. Uh, progress through um, uh, environments, so you'd have to, you know, get get one character up to a certain spot and then switch back to the other character to uh, throw a switch or or move move something to to let the other character progress along so that he could raise uh, a lift or something to get you through the level. So I think that was the gosh, it's it was so long ago, but I think that was the basic idea for single player. You could play both players and and jump back and forth between them. Interesting. Uh, I was wondering, has have you ever played the Toe Jam and Earl games or the um, PC game Roger Rabbit Hair Raising Havoc? You know, I don't think I've ever played the Roger Rabbit game, but I played the heck out of Toe Jam and Earl. Would you say that was ever an influence on the Flagon Brothers? I don't think so. Okay, I was just curious. Maybe sub, maybe subconsciously. Yeah. But it was it was never in, in, intentionally or outright uh, um, referenced. Okay. Yeah. Check out some footage of that Roger Rabbit PC game. It's it's a it it, it doesn't do exactly what you're you're speaking of, but it, it definitely does this sort of you set up sort of a situation for Roger to go through some sort of pratfall to continue through the level. So you drop the oh, okay. soap, pull down the uh, ironing board, turn on the oven, and all of a sudden, you know, he goes through this animation of all three of those things working together. That's um, right. Yeah. That 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 that's um kind of a chain reaction sort of a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to put a lot of that in the game, which was which was always a, a staple for uh, classic slapstick comedy. One one little mistake would snowball into this horrible disaster of of uh, events. Right. So, it, would would you also almost want the players to do something the wrong way to progress? Oh, of rather course. Than that, right would, way? that would have been that would have been the fun. The, the, that would have been the the, uh, the actual. And, and I, it, you know, it would have been something that. Not that they you, we would want the player to intentionally sabotage themselves, but they would basically have a, a job to start, and it would be an automatic trigger at that point that would would set something off, and then the the, the disaster would unfold. So I don't think the I don't think we would have the player um, be the the ones in in charge of their own demise. It would just sort of naturally occur as you're trying to solve a problem. Right, and were there game over screens or deaths built into the game? <laughs> I don't want to say death; that's kind of morbid. Yeah, but. you know, I gosh, I I'm trying to recall. I think we we were against uh, traditional death, dying. I think it was yeah. more more some. Gosh, you're you're asking me questions that I haven't thought about in <laughs> 20 years. Um, I think it was more of a uh, a a penalty of some sort, or it, I don't even know if there was a penalty. It was really just trial and error. Let's, let's, you know, get, get to the, uh, get to the end of the job. Um, any, any, any way you can, and, you know, as quickly as you can, or you can just screw around and, and, and explore and break stuff or, uh, investigate, uh, you know, things that you probably shouldn't be looking into. And, um, I don't think there was any death. I don't think you ever died in the game. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think that was. It was I don't think we had a. We didn't have a concept of like lives and health. And we we were trying to to do something different, hmm. which is you know not always smart, but it's yeah. fun. Yeah, nowadays they don't really have lives. <laughs> they still have health. No, no, there there really isn't any concept of that except for like the well now the uh, there's a lot of like 2D style uh, platforming games that are back in fashion again, which is, of course, that brings back the whole concept of health and, and lives. Yeah. But even those are, are, are much more forgiving than they, they used to be. Oh, for sure. Um, you, you had an extended Floygan family. You had the niece slash secretary, Honey Pie, and the, <laughs> the one-legged orphan nephew, Boigle. Can you That's right. tell me a little bit more about these, or is that about the extent? <laughs> of oh, okay. There were... Um, well, I mean, when you're when you're talking when you're starting on uh, starting up uh, games, I, you know, a concept like that, thinking of thinking of a game and it, it, any any idea that that is is funny, you kind of write it down. So let's see, Honey Pie was I think that was she was their niece, Hoyland Moigel's niece, and she worked as worked worked as their uh, kind of like the Annie Potts character in Ghostbusters. She would she would she'd be their secretary and she would give them their jobs. She would, she would take the phone calls and tell them what, what kind of gigs they can, they can try and tackle. Um, and she was, she was a sweet girl. And, uh, uh, then Boigle, what I think he, you said he was the, the one legged orphan nephew, Yeah, which is hilarious. He's an orphan nephew. Um, he, uh, he's kind of like an old, uh, old newsy, uh, kind of, kind of like, uh, heart of gold. And, uh, yeah. he, you know, he, he, they they basically Hoigel and Moigel, They were they were doing all these these uh, these gigs to um, basically. I think it was for Bo, for for Boigle and for Honey Pie because they were sort of uh, their uh, guardians. Right. Gosh, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember now. It's really been been a long time, but uh, that that was that was why they were so um, uh, uh, in, intent on taking any job they, they possibly possibly could. Yeah. But I think Boyga was, uh, he, he sort of have, uh, had that old Brooklyn accent, maybe a little cough here and there, <laughs> kind of a, kind of a tiny Tim character. Yeah. Well, several stooge shorts also, they, they would have the, the little kids and like, we're hungry. And they're like, don't worry, we'll get, we'll sort it out for you. So that's right. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's all based on, on, on those old premises. Oh, so, and then there was a, oh, yeah. there was one other character, um, and she was, gosh, I don't remember how she factored in, but she had a hilarious name, and, and she was supposed to be the uh, the uh, the femme fatale of the game, and her name was um, Pollywana. <laughs> so that nice. was a uh, that was a, that was another character that didn't make it into the actual game. So she would have been in several episodes, not just yeah. She, you know how the Stooges or even like the Marx Brothers, they always have the uh, the, the femme fatale who who for some reason will hang out with them I, inexplicably associating with these morons. Um, that was her role. Yeah. <laughs> Makes and you wonder how smart she was. Too, yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows what she saw in them, but she saw something. So um, when the game finally did see release in 2001, did you have a chance to play it? Um, were, were you ever consulted on it? Oh no, they, they didn't oh. talk to me about it at all. I was surprised when they came out. Did you did you play it and enjoy it, or what were your thoughts on it? I did. I thought it was good. It was it was very. I mean, it wasn't um, Eric and uh, my original uh, premise, um, but it was. I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was really cool. It was a really clever idea. Um, you know, Moigel was sort of a, a a Tamagotchi. Yeah. When you think about it. Um, yeah, it was cool. Um, I, and I don't know if I finished it or not. I got pretty, pretty far through it though. It was a short game. I remember, I remember that. So getting pretty far through it, you might've played most of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. But of course that was because they wanted to make them shorter episodic releases. They never, they never did re- release that sequel. Mm. They, were, they were hinting That's at it. Right. Um, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, didn't they call it like episode one or something like that? Yeah, Flagon Brothers episode yeah. one was there was a, a one inside where they were making cookies, and then there was a junkyard one, and uh, okay. they kind of teased a Wild West game for the sequel. And I found that interesting because looking at your um, design document with those twenty-four episodes, not once is junkyard or Wild West mentioned. 
So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I said, it was it was it was different from anything that we had come up with. So um, the the one that you did have on your site is this the only one you really made the entire design for the funny you should mansion episode or are there others? Oh no, there there are others. I think that's the only one I just I put on my site though. Oh wow, I'd love to yeah, see more of them if you ever if you're willing to share. Sure, I boy, I have to dig them up. I think it's on an old PC I have in storage somewhere. But yeah. Yeah, if I, if I ever find them, I'll send them your way. That'd be awesome. So was Funny You Should Mansion considered to be the first one, or was that just the one that you put up I on think that site? was No, I think that was the very first thing that we had um, uh, considered uh, um, turning into a, a prototype. Um, and I think there was actually some – I mean, there's quite a bit done with that. I mean, the, the characters were modeled. I think the, the mansion environment was, was, was modeled. Um, we had animations. Interesting, but uh, but yeah, it just it it did not pan out. Was it to be um, the characters fully, uh, you know, I guess fully rendered, and then the backgrounds pre-rendered, or was were there pre were there what was the, the what was what? <laughs> oh no, it was it was supposed to be a full a full three D environment. Oh wow, yeah. Man, what what might have been that funny? You should mention sounds awesome. I wish I could play that. I like the I like the Floyd and Brothers that came out, but I'm kind of a classic ghosts kind of ghost hunting kind of uh, yeah guy. Yeah, that 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 was. Um, I mean, it, it was an ambitious project, and especially at the time, I think it was probably too too ambitious. You know, the uh, the whole uh, hmm. the, I, th- I think it just had had too many. Um, untested, unproven ideas at the time. I think a lot of them have been done by now, but um, I think at the time it was it was just sort of a a, a, a crazy um, crazy idea. Ahead maybe a little, maybe a little too sure. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes crazy is the best route to take. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's also it's it is it is sometimes the best route to take, but it, it can occasionally be or frequently be um, uh, problematic. So um, would you say that when you moved on to Midway, I, I don't want to skip over your work at uh, Blizzard, of course. Did you want to talk a little bit about um, Blizzard? It, whatever you like. Uh, well, actually, I want to ask then about Midway, um, especially your work on Hydro Thunder. Um, of course, the the arcade version, I know you, you noted that the Sega Dreamcast version was not something you worked on, though it is essentially the yeah. game. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your work on this game? And was this your first arcade project? My first coin-operated arcade cabinet game. Yeah, yeah, wow. and it was really cool. It was really, really fun. That was an, that was exciting um, because because at the time arcades were still mm, still still pretty pretty well uh, established um, and could offer a visual experience that you still couldn't quite get at home. Um, that of course is, is changed. Everything's pretty much a level playing field at this point, but it was really cool. It was so neat. It was a, it was a really interesting project. Um, just the whole, the whole method of, it's a very different process making an arcade game from a, from a console game. It's, 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 you have to, basically think small and 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 concentrated uh, uh everything has to happen second to second not even just like minute to minute you you have two minutes for for the player to experience this game and uh that was fun uh and and just coming up with like what 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 makes this game fun what makes the tracks fun what makes the the length of the tracks fun? what make what kind of a drop off can we have how 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 crazy can we get with these jumps? How fast can what's the right speed for the boats? What's the um, the right handling for for these boats? Uh, a lot of testing, a lot of trial and error, um, and then coming up with the cabinet itself was was really fun. I think that's that's half the experience for for an arcade game is is the way the cabinet feels and and that that tangible. Uh, experience that you can't get with uh, sitting sitting on a chair or a couch with a, a regular uh, analog controller on your lap it's just different it's a very different it's visceral in the, in the arcade it's you're standing up or you're or you're you know sitting in this rumbling chair it's 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 just 
it's a, it's a unique experience. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'll admit that Hydro Thunder, the first experience I had was on the Dreamcast. But when I finally did see it in the arcades, I was playing it. And I, I'm certain my dad probably said, you own that at home. But I had to explain it's a very different experience. Getting oh, in, it's not the same. It's not getting into yeah, the Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, it's that, it's that steering wheel. It's the seat. It has a subwoofer. You had a subwoofer in the back of the seat that actually rumbled the seat. And it's really all about that throttle. Yeah, and I never got tired of hearing Midway <laughs> selecting. Uh, what was the other one? Damn that the was, Torpedoes. That was also, yeah, that was also me. <laughs> that was you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I did. I'm the announcer for Hydro Thunder as well. That's crazy. I'm, I'm actually I'm out in Chicago at the moment. Uh, so whenever I'm on the train and I, I see the Midway stop and they, they say, this is Midway, I just think they're really <laughs> missing out on just saying, this is Midway. Yeah, it's not Midway, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's not the real <laughs> Midway. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so you also listed Hydro Thunder 2 on your resume, but such a game was never released on, you know until years later when they did do uh, Hydro Thunder Hurricane, which... I wouldn't really say it's a sequel as much. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think Hydro Thunder Hurricane, well, it, was, it wasn't made by anybody who, who worked on the original game. And, and from what I know of, of that project, it was, um, it was, it was originally developed uh, without the, the Hydro Thunder license. I think it was, it was just, um, Gosh, I I I'm pr- I probably have no idea what I'm talking about here, but from what I've heard, it was going to be uh, its own unique boat racing game, and then mm-hmm. I think Microsoft acquired the license, temporary license for Hydro Thunder, and then the developers for I'm not even sure what the game was called prior to Hydro Thunder Hurricane, but whatever it was called, Microsoft I think either approached them or they were already funding it or they were going to publish the game. They said, hey, let's put the Hydro Thunder license on this this title and so i think they they had to either rescan or, or recreate some some assets to 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 um you know occupy that that license so was there a hydro thunder 2 in development at one point there was you? there was yes can you tell was. me a um, bit? it was quite it, it was it was fairly far along actually um i think wow. even gosh yeah there are um yeah i think there were all the boats were done. I think we had like a dozen boats, nine, 10, 12 boats, something like that. Um, many of the tracks were completed. And I think it was actually, I'd say it's a good 75% done. But this was during a time at Midway where they were transitioning from coin-op to home console. And so they scrapped the coin-op division. Mm. And that was it. That was, that was, that was it for, for Hydro Thunder two. Um, there was even another game that we were kind of working on in tandem at the time called, called stock carnage. I think there there might even be a a game series out that's called stock carnage, but it was many years later. Anyways, it was, that was, that was supposed to be sort of a, a NASCAR style, like stock car racing game, but, um, with crazy tracks, like, like roller coaster style tracks. Um, Anyways, that that got that that was fairly far along as well, um, and then so Midway says yes, we're we're done with CoinOp. We're we're now a home console de- developer uh, slash publisher, and um, that was the end of, of Hydro Two. So what what would Hydro Thunder Two have done to truly be the sequel to the game original game? What sort of improvements were there? There okay well. Uh, it um, had, you know, moderate uh, our, uh, gra- graphic upgrades to it, but the uh, I think the big change was, or the big uh, um, feature um, addition was there were going the boats would in the, okay in the original hydro the boats would transform their uh, booster rockets when you when you collected uh, boost power ups. And in this one, I think we had a second series of, so you'd have your first tier of boosters and then you would collect, I think it was like, uh, there were red and blue boosters. And then you, if you found a gold booster, your, your super boosters would, would pop up. So it'd be a second phase of boosters, which would give you ludicrous speed. Um, 
And I think there's probably a number of other cool features, but that, that, that was like the big one. Um, that said, um, my, my first arcade game for my current company, Specular Interactive, was, is a game called H2 Overdrive, which was made by um, many of the same guys that work on Hydro Thunder, inclu- including the project lead. Yeah. Uh, myself and um, three other, um, three or three or four other developers that were on the on the actual project. So that really is Hydro Two. Uh, we even put that feature um, in H Two Overdrive. So a lot of the things that were going to be in Hydro Thunder Two are in H Two Overdrive. So um, if you really want to see what Hydro Two was going to be, that's that's as close as you're gonna you're gonna get. I I've yet to see H Two Overdrive. Uh out and about, but there is an arcade I was going to check out this weekend. Um, yeah. I, I have seen Batman. Did you work on that? I did. That's an awesome game. <laughs> I oh, just got to say. That's, like, that, was, that, was a, that was a tough game to make. It is very hard for an arcade game nowadays to really wow me, but that that was an awesome experience the first time I played that. And you know, it might have been maybe because it was the 1989 Batmobile I was racing as, but the game was so crazy. Like yeah. It was yeah, so adrenaline pumping. Oh, cool! That's that's good. Yeah, I mean that's that's cool to hear. Um, it was man, that was it, that was probably one of the hardest games I've ever had to make. Um, it was tough because it was there was no blueprint. We we had to invent invent the game. There was there was nothing for us to uh, base it on, especially for an arcade because like arcades are so fast. You you have to grab the player immediately. You can't you can't teach them how to play the game there's no tutorial level um and it was an open world game open world driving game in the arcade which is i mean maybe crazy taxi is the only other game that's that's attempted that and and done it successfully um but but it it, i mean it turned out really great i think um i'm very pleased with it um but it was tough it was it was man there was a lot of versions of that game before i think we figured out how to make it I found really interesting about it was that it it was no one Batman. It was really like this strange kind of mishmash of all these elements, but it worked. Yeah, I'm, well, that's because we put so many different Batmobiles in the game. We, we we just couldn't do every Batman that went along with every Batmobile. And if we did that, then we'd have to do a different voice. I mean, man, it's just it's too much, uh, especially with the with the the development time and the and the budget that we had for the game. Uh, and then as far as like the city goes, Gotham, we had to, we couldn't make it look like it couldn't be Burton's Batman. It couldn't be, you know, it couldn't be Nolan's Batman. It, it couldn't be, um, uh, the, the, the sixties TV series, Batman. Uh, it had to be kind of all of them. So if you drive through the city, you'll, you'll see bits and pieces of, 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 of everything, even the animated series. It's, it's, it's all there. Wow. Um, so the, I mean, the game is completed. It's out. Are there any chances of you, your team going back and releasing a new, um, I guess, version to arcades because there is the new Batmobile out with the new movies. Oh yeah. That or are you, I I believe, I would assume you'd be open to that for sure. Well, of course we would. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if there's a, if, if, if there is a, uh, um, uh, a, a, contract in place we'll do it <laughs> uh, nice. but no i would love to do it i mean i absolutely would do it but it's really not up to 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 us um we're the we're the third party developer here uh right. Raw thrills is, is the publisher they they funded the game so um they would they would approach us and they would say hey look we want to do uh like a like a add-on pack or something like that um and if and i think it's also it has to do with the um uh, the arcade operators, if there's enough of a demand f- from from them for something like that, sure, we do it. Or or maybe even a sequel down the road, um, so to speak, uh, in a couple of years when there's a, there's a, I mean there's plenty more Batmobiles that we could we could put in the game. We could do uh, Bat Cycles. We could do you know uh, more more flying vehicles. We could even do water based missions, um, which would be which would be a lot of fun, I think. And you're you're out in California, so. Did you have the opportunity to go and see the Batmobiles? I've I've seen them all once. Uh, no, no, I never have seen them in person. Yeah, you should get out. Get out to um, what is that at Warner Brothers lot? It's they had a display. I think they still have it, but 
it's surreal yeah. to see them. Yeah, I've um, been to the we, we we were I mean we visited with the the Warner Brothers uh, studio extensively, but um, yeah, we never never actually got to like sit in one or or, or see one. And, and I uh, just never had that opportunity. If there's a sequel. Just, if there's a sequel, tack that onto the contract or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You briefly demands. You briefly worked at Q Entertainment. Uh, now this this is the Q Entertainment from Tetsuya Mizuguchi. Oh no, it isn't. It's a it's a um, it's a different it's one. A, it's a coincidence. Okay. <laughs> this is a um, uh, small developer in San Diego who did a uh, a uh, miniature golf game that I I did okay. I did a small amount of contract work for um, when uh, in between going from uh, uh, Midway to uh, Swing and Ape Studios actually which yeah. which. Uh, led to blizzard okay so yeah it was it was it was a it was a kind of a just just a a small gig okay yeah it was interesting because they both came about in 2003 so i was like this is bizarre there's no way that q entertainment would be making a miniature golf game in america i know Uh, wouldn't that be crazy that would be be very weird um (laughs) so but you, you went on to blizzard entertainment uh you did you primarily do art for them uh, no, I actually did design. I did both, uh, but I started doing uh, design uh, actually for uh, StarCraft Ghost. Yeah. The uh, the often um, uh, uh, wept for, never released. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, title from uh, from Blizzard. Um, yeah, we were the second developer to actually work on that title. The first one, um, I had we 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 weren't involved with, um, and uh, so so for Star Trek Ghost, I I was in a lead, I was in a uh, a senior design position, and um, we worked on that. Gosh, maybe for a year or two. I can't I can't remember at this point, hmm. but. Um, it was in a it was at a weird sort of crossover point with consoles. We we were developing it for the PS2 and Xbox One, and okay. um, they were at the end of their life cycle, and. Yeah, it was just weird. It was really strange. Like, well, seemed like we should have been focusing on the the next gen systems, as the customers were sort of all, all had their their sight on the horizon of of the new consoles to come. But I mean, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but it is it is what it is. Um, and anyhow, that obviously, as you know, that game that game also didn't come out. Yeah, and, a lot but, of work put into it i mean i think it was playable at a couple of v3s and the multiplayer was really fun so like um, Floyd brothers didn't happen oh, well i was gonna say like Floyd Floyd brothers did any elements from starcraft ghost ever reappear later on in any other additional titles oh i don't think so not for me okay but you did work on world of warcraft at the very beginning correct i did I that's did. exciting i, on- I mean yeah, exploded. Yeah, the first... There's a movie coming out. That's what I hear. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, w- man, maybe maybe the first good video game movie. <laughs> Could be. Could so, be. For, or the first great video game movie. Maybe. Oh yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was it like being there at the very beginning of World of Warcraft? Um, it was it was funny. Um, the um. The expectation was uh, naive. I think nobody realized how crazy popular it was going to be. Um, so that was that was funny. I thought I always thought that was really hilarious. Um, it just man it exploded, didn't it? Um, and uh, and that that took everyone by surprise. Wow. Was were there any elements that have since become you know uh, common? I guess characters or, or themes or visuals that you played a major part in at the very beginning. No, I mean I was a I was a 
small fish big pond at the time um i i was doing um uh like uh instance um environment um artwork i wasn't i was i wasn't involved in the design i was an artist on um on the wow projects and uh um yeah, I mean, man, it's 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 huge. I gotta tell you, there are. It's just you go from like a small development studio to Blizzard, and it's man, it is big. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of people. I just don't understand how you could manage that much, but they do it, and it's man, it, it's it's a very uh, impressive feat to pull off. And now you're at Specular Interactive. Uh, what you've worked on? Have you worked on Dirty Driving and Project Hades as well? I did. I worked on uh, H2 Overdrive, Dirty Driving, uh, Project Hades, Batman, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, we have a number of, of uh, tubes right. coming up. That's exciting. And all arcade work, I'd assume? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dirt, uh, H2 Overdrive, Dirty Driving, and Batman are all traditional arcade. Project Hades is our first, my, and, and my first, location-based entertainment um, experience. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, a big theater room with a, with a, uh, a moving, uh, shooting ride, uh, right. on a, on a hydraulic based, um, uh, gaming platform. And do you have a current, uh, role there that I guess you'd, you'd have on a business card or something like that, that you describe yourself as my, my business card says creative director. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, we're, we're a small developer and everybody does, more than one thing here it's it's not a a very um specified task uh per employee everybody just does whatever we uh can and and need to do to um develop a game so i do everything from uh design to to art to uh uh, writing to recording uh editing it's it changes from day to day Wow. And how fitting, too. You know, you, you started in the industry as a voice actor, then you start de- designing games. <laughs> sure, so. sure. And I, and I still I still do voice acting in the games. Um, I, I'm actually Mr. Uh, Freeze in the Batman game. Oh, wow. There you yeah. go. You and Arnold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He did it better. But, uh, but you know, I do what I can. Chill out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was awesome. That wow. That was awesome. Oh, so you're still you're still doing that. That's amazing. And so um, I guess to, to wrap things up, I always like to ask uh, developers and even voice artists, if you want to actually answer the question for both roles, what advice would you give people who want to enter enter uh, the career in game development or voice acting? Uh, be persistent uh, and and do whatever it is that you would like to see yourself doing in that line of work, do it all the time. Keep doing it. Never not do it. Um, if it's if it's creating art for a game, always create art. Just draw all the time. Be persistent. Um, I you know, if if you do good work, that is that is your biggest foot in the door. If you have something that is um, noteworthy has merit if 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 it's your if it's your code if it's your design if it's your art if it's your uh your 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 voice your your characters your 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 delivery that's it's not so much i mean oh gosh i hate to say oh you don't need a, 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 a <laughs> formal training or an education or a, a degree but man i'm telling you if if someone comes along and their their portfolio is is killer no one says where did they go to school yeah no one says who trained these guys they say man this is good let's let's get them in here and let's 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 talk to them um and uh and and see if we you know these guys might might uh fit in our studio or you know that's that's I mean does that make sense I feel like I stumbled uh, stumbled all, all through that but really it's just just always do it and and have something really cool to show and and that'll 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 get you most of the way there wow i don't i don't work in game development and you're inspiring me so <laughs> <laughs> oh well i've done my job 
Yeah. Well, hey, thanks again so much for chatting with me, Brian. It's It's been really awesome. I, I've learned a lot of things I didn't think I learned. I'm sure uh, anyone listening to this will have learned some new things about some favorite games of theirs, as well as some games that never saw release. But um, you're continuing to do what you do over at uh, Specular Interactive. Um, so people head out there, play Batman, play, play all the games from them. Uh, H2 Overdrive, try to find that. I gotta find that. Um, so yeah, again, Brian, thank you so much for chatting with me. Oh, my pleasure, Barry. Segabits. Segabits is a fan site that is not in any way officially affiliated with Sega. Sonic the Hedgehog and all Sega-related trademarks are copyright Sega. All other featured trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Don't forget to check out Segabits.com, and you can find us on all major social networks. Just search Segabits. 